0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show. It's on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today is episode 208. It's titled The Recycling Market Crash. business. Is hard, but can you imagine operating a business where prices fell over 98% in one year? Well, welcome to the recycling business where there is a crash, a complete collapse on many of the recycled goods or inputs, particularly paper. And plastic. I got my first taste of recycling when I was five or six. My neighbor across the street decided to have a paper drive. And I, I don't remember much about it other than their single-car garage stacked with papers and piling into the station wagons, their station wagon with my friends, and going to the recycled newspaper plant. And for my efforts in helping to collect some of those papers, my neighbor, Mr. Daly, gave me a couple bucks. Might have been less than a dollar. It might have been change, but I got money for recycling. Later, when I was nine or 10, my primary source of income before I, I got a paper route was collecting soda bottles and beer bottles and taking them to Gil's Pony Keg at the local store that sold beer, wine, snacks, ice balls, which we now know as snow cones. And he would give me money for these bottles that I would collect from the baseball field next to our house. This past April marked the 50th anniversary of the first curbside recycling program. It was in Madison, Wisconsin, and it was funded from a grant by the American Paper Institute to test collecting newspapers. That was in 1968. A decade later, more than 200 cities collected recyclables separately from garbage, mostly newspapers. I remember saving newspapers. You'd put them in a paper, brown paper grocery sack and you sat, stuck them next to your garbage can and they got recycled. The first... Multi-material program for recyclables, where it was mixed, was in Newton, Massachusetts, in 1975. There's an article by, by Chaz Miller in, on the Waste360 website that says, we should credit Garden State Paper for launching the Modern Recycling Program. This was a company created by Richard Scudder in Garfield, New Jersey, and he came up with a process or a mill to recycle old newspapers into new newsprint. and that what, that's what launched it and the, the demand by activist, environmentalists, citizens for curbside programs launched many of them until in the early 1990s there was a crash because so many recycled goods not enough demand for those recycled materials. And that's something we have seen throughout the history of these 50 years of recycling. Boom and bust. And right now, the bust is incredible. I couldn't get pricing on recyclables without actually signing up for a subscription to a firm called Recycling Marketing Limited. It's a private firm. They are the leading source for pricing information for recyclables. They have a secondary fiber pricing index and a secondary material pricing index. So I paid, I think, $150 to get this data because I wanted to know how bad it was. Mixed paper prices. So this is just, Paper that has mixed different types of paper has fallen 98% in the past year. Sorted residential papers, so newspapers, junk mail, magazines, white papers, all lumped together down 93% in the past year. Newspapers have fallen 33% in price since August. Magazines are down 7%. Corrugated containers, cardboard, has fallen 48% in the past year. Plastics, commingled plastics, so one through seven, has actually held up fairly well in the past year, surprisingly. It's two, $2, 2.38 cents per pound. Currently, it was 2.44 cents per pound. A year ago. But the thing with plastic is the price is highly correlated to oil prices. So, plastic recyclables, that one to seven plastics, they fell 78%, and they're down 78% from their high in 2011 of 10.9 cents. That's when oil prices were $110 per barrel. Now, oil prices have increased 50% or so in the past year. At this plastic, one through seven has barely budged. The less valuable plastics, so commingle numbers three through seven, prices have fallen 75% nationally over the past year. And in the Pacific Northwest region, they've gone negative. Instead of getting money for dropping off plastic three through seven, you actually have to pay them to take it off your hands. Now, there are some bright spots. Aluminum cans, sorted and baled, $7.68 per pound. That's up 19% from a year ago. But even aluminum cans are very susceptible to what's going on in the economy. Prices for aluminum cans To be recycled fell over 52% during the recession of 2008-2009. Steel can is the most valuable recycled product. $195.56 per gross ton. That's up 19% from a year ago. 500% increase since December 2015, when it was $30 per gross ton. What has caused this crash in recycled goods? U.S. Americans recycle 66 million tons of material each year, according to the Environmental Protection Agency. One-third of that material is exported with the majority Going to China, at least until January 1st of this year, where China entirely banned 24 materials, including some plastic and mixed paper. And what is sent, cardboard scrap metal, can only be 0.5% impure. So even if there's a small amount of food scraps or rubbish, In those recycled goods They won't accept them And as a result Scrap exports to China Have fallen 35% In the first Two months of the year Peter Keller, vice president Of recycling and sustainability At Republic Services Was quoted in the New York Times as saying All of a sudden Material being collected on the street Doesn't have a place to go The problem's compounded by something called aspirational recycling. As individuals, we hope everything can be recycled. But it can't. But it's really hard to figure out what can be recycled. I found an old license plate this past week. Do I put it in the trash? Can it be recycled? What's it made out of? Is it aluminum? It didn't look to be aluminum. Maybe it's steel. I don't remember. I think I threw away. Mark Rogoff, in an article titled The Economics of Recycling in the U.S., Can It Pay for Itself? This was in the network.com And I'll, I'll link to, to all these, obviously, in the show notes. And as a member of my free insider's guide, you will have received those links, as well as other valuable content I shared just for Free Insider Guide members, and you can sign up for that for that weekly email at moneyforthereestofus.com. So he says in this article there are literally thousands of different plastics now in the waste stream, making it almost impossible for the consumer to know what is recyclable. Is the bag in the cereal box recyclable? Is the cap of a pop bottle recyclable? Or well, only the bottle? What about the soiled liner in the microwavable product? What about the aseptic juice carton? One of the challenges he mentions is with these large sixty-four and ninety-six gallon rolling carts. We can we can put everything in there. We don't break down cardboard boxes, which I admit I don't always do that, but that makes it harder for these recycled centers. He points out customers sometimes toss things like garden hoses, clothes hangers. The clothes hanger recyclable, it's made out of metal, apparently not. Shopping bags, Christmas lights, and used clothing. And that complexity makes it difficult for these recycled centers that that have to sort it. But here's the thing. For many years, China was willing to accept the these subpar goods. So this low quality material would come and and oftentimes these recycled centers would would take advantage of sort of the willingness of China to accept it, these substandard materials and they they would send it, and China would pay for it. but then China found, that it, it, they were left with trying to, to sort through it. And ultimately, they decided no, we're not going, we're going to help our manufacturers reduce costs by increasing the expenses of the US recyclers. And you can see that the price difference between sorted or paper that's mixed together where the, the prices have collapsed 98%, whereas prices for, let's say, office paper is, is actually held up pretty well. Sorted office paper is up 5% year over year, whereas the mixed residential paper is down 93%. And it's because of this contamination and because China says it has to, some of it they won't take it all, but if if you have it, the, the amount that you can have that's contaminated is 0.5%. And so, as a result, we have tons and tons of recycling just piling up because there's nowhere for it to go. Daryl Smith, he's president of the National Waste and Recycling Association, in a statement says... The NWRA has always supported China's effort to improve its environment. However, we believe there are better ways to achieve those goals than to tighten restrictions on imported recyclables. We have said before that the 0.5% standard would be nearly impossible for our members to meet and could cause some short-term disruptions in the industry. And boy, are we seeing that. He goes on, however, it could also present opportunities as other members continue to adjust or as our members continue to adjust. As an association, we'll continue to work with our industry partners and the federal government to reduce the burden of these stringent rules it have placed on the waste and recycling industry. The bottom line is we've got to do a better job in the, the recycling. I didn't even realize you needed to, you needed. To, clean. Like you 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 use a let's say a soda can you probably should clean it out. Otherwise it contaminates it. And and as a result, I have to just do do better at it. Because it starts at the bin. If we don't if we don't get it into the bin right, first off get the right thing into the bin and make sure that it's appropriately cleaned, then For all intensive purposes, it's not recycled. It's not recycled because the New York Times points out that, I believe, 25% of recycled goods go to the landfill. That's from a spokesman from Waste Management. They're already going there. Much higher now because of the fact that many of these mixed goods, there's, there's nowhere for them to go. Before we look at what else we can do to essentially save the recycle industry that clearly is in crisis, let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees' distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one program and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. With everything getting more expensive these days, it's wise to find ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. You can do that with NetSuite. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com/david. That's netsuite.com/david. netsuite.com/david. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Mark Rogoff, in his article on the economics of recycling, had a number of suggestions. First, he points out recycling's not going away. It's mainstream. We as citizens demand it, even if we're not so good in terms of implementation. And because it's now sort of considered an essential public service, it's not something that could be turned off when we have these huge price swings. When the next recession hits, even if we solve this, this sort of co-mingled or, or the China situation, they call the green fence, and find other sources, or we get better at sorting it into single-stream type recyclables. The lack of demand for end products and services during a recession, the fall in potentially oil prices, means the prices for recycled plastic and paper will probably fall 50% again, 50%. And so his second suggestion is, and some communities are, are are testing it, what he calls rainy day funds or rate stabilization funds. In other words, as households and consumers, we would pay more than so that the, the recyclable, be it the public or the private, would be making a private a profit, or we that we make excess that could be tucked away into this this stabilization fund for when the price of recycled inputs plummets. He says recycling should not be considered a free service. It does take money. The family member, a niece that is involved in the the waste management, she's on a community board in Los Alamos County and New Mexico. They divert about 21% of their waste. It's recycled or it's reused somehow. And there is a situation where their their local landfill is closed. They're having to do some type of remediation there. So trash is hauled two hours away to a landfill. So they're diverting 20%. And it takes about 7% of their waste management budget. So there's a cost there. It's not something that's free. And everything isn't able to be recycled. There has to be some end demand, some use for that. Bottles is an example. Bottles are heavy to transport, glass is made out of sand. And so there's not a huge demand for bottles. The exception is green glass. It You can get $11 per ton for green glass, $28 per ton for amber glass. But if you have mixed glass, you have to pay recycle centers, t- on average, nationally, $20.40 per ton. Because so much of the labor is involved in separating it out which is why if we can do a better job getting it separated and less contaminated, that's what's going to solve this crisis. Mark Rogoff's other suggestion are change, he says, change the when-in-doubt-recycle-it philosophy. Consider bans of materials from recycling programs such as glass, plastic bags, and polystyrene. These contribute to contamination problems, poor commodity prices, and dis proportionately increase the average cost of recycling. He says recycling starts in the bin or, or cart. Communities need to invest continuously in recycling education. And, and I'm an example of that. I'm lousy at figuring out what's recyclable. I need to do a better job. Because it's clear not everything can be recycled and it has to be cleaned. And finally, says recycling markets needed to be developed right here in the U.S. The, and just to some extent, the recycling industry got lazy because China was willing to take everything. 1,500 shipping containers every day with mixed trash sent to China. And they're just not taking it anymore. And so having recyclables here is important that's why steel and aluminum much of that is recycled here in the US but the problem is not just recycling and that 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 clearly is a crisis right now but here's an amazing quote this is from Romani Narayan he's a chemical engineer professor at Michigan State University he also works in his native India he says this is from a National Geographic article Let's say you recycle 100% in all of North America and Europe. You would still not make a dent on the plastics released into the oceans. If you want to do something about this, you have to go there to these countries and deal with mismanaged waste. There is is six percent 3 billion tons uh, of plastic that has never made it to a recycling bin since plastic was developed 60 or 70 years ago there's been 9.2 billion tons made and of that 6.9 billion is waste and as i mentioned 6.3 billion tons was never recycled and it isn't like it's just being dumped in the ocean. It's how it's treated on the land. Much of it in, in Asia. And I saw this when we, we like to go down to Tulum in Mexico along the Yucatan coast. And you go down into the biosphere where they're not picking up plastic trash every day. It just There's ribbons, just plastic, trash from the Dominican Republic, from Haiti, and other countries. The problem in those countries is not lack of recycle, recycling. It's just just pure lack of trash management. The idea is that there's some... I mean, the solution is more garbage trucks and better landfills in these countries... Coupled with the fact that 40% of the 448 million tons of plastics produced each year is disposable. It's just packaging intended to be discarded after you take out whatever you bought. That makes no sense at all in the sense that, well, here's... A quote by, and I don't have his first name here, is Jambacket. Again, this was in this article in the National Geographic. Jenna Jamback, she's a University of Georgia engineering professor. And she says, "The, the growth of plastic production has far outstripped the ability of waste management to keep up. That's why the oceans are under assault. It's not surprising that we broke the system. That kind of increase would break any system not prepared for it. So the way the currents work in the ocean, there's these big pools of just plastic. And the plastic decomposes so much. It becomes kind of this soup, these microfibers of plastic. But they don't go away. And so, the other thing we can do as consumers is, is demand more accountability from the companies that we're buying stuff from. Coca Cola finally acknowledged that they make 128 billion plastic bottles a year. At least when I was taking, collecting the, the, the glass soda bottles that could be reused. And so, it's sort of this life cycle of products to make sure and be more cognizant. Probably much smarter to buy, if you drink soda, to buy it in aluminum cans because the demand for that aluminum is much higher. going to cost more because aluminum is more expensive, but at least there's some demand for the recycled good. So the bottom line is we're going to have to work harder. We're going to have to pay more for recycling. I know our local recycler just raised fees again. Now I understand why, because prices have plummeted to do a better job when we recycle. But also, I'm going to be more cognizant of the packaging. Plastic's great, but it's designed to last a very long time, and it does. So why use it for single-use containers? That's episode 208. Show notes, as I mentioned, are at moneyfortherestofus.com. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I've not considered your specific risk situation. I've not provided any type of investment advice. Simply general education on money, investing, and the economy. Have a great week.